So, well, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. I thank you for not only the time of worship, but I thank you that through worship you have prepared our hearts to hear what we need to hear this morning. So Holy Spirit, lead and guide Chris this morning as he brings the word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today I really want to talk about something that is so extremely important for us. And this is something that God has really been stirring inside of me for the last several weeks, but especially over this last week. I mean, it's just becoming just more stirred inside of me. And I also know that it's not even fully developed yet, okay? So the next few times I speak, it might be one of those things where you're going, okay, there's just an, a new depth, a new layer, a new something to this. And, um, but the title of today's message is Simply Jesus. And God has just been stirring this in me so much about that there's a real area of need in my life where I just need more Jesus. Now, you guys might have more than enough Jesus in every area, but I know there are areas of my life where I just simply need more Jesus. And we need to understand that Jesus really matters. I mean, I I know we know that. I know we know that. We wouldn't be here if we didn't know that. But I believe that God is doing something in this season right now of our lives where he's wanting it to get from here to here and then out into our practical application of everything we do in our life. For some of us, we're probably in different areas of our life. We're probably in different stages of that. I'm like, yeah, I know it here, but it's never gone anywhere else. Others of us might go, well, I know it here and and it got to here, but I'm not real sure how to apply this yet. Or some of us might go, man, I'm doing this really well, but there's another area of my life where maybe it's And God is wanting us to understand that there is so there is so much more of Jesus that we can experience if we will just take the time to do it. I really hope that I can do this topic justice today because I mean even as I'm sitting here talking my mind is going and Several different directions of, oh man, that would also be a great sermon. Oh man, we should also do this. Oh man, I can also do this. So I wrote a whole lot down. So I'm looking at my notes. It's because I'm trying to stay on topic because I know God, even though the other things are great and important as well, God has given us something specific for this morning to build upon. And the thing that I really want to focus on this morning in regards to Jesus He is priceless. He is priceless. You know, many years ago, I'll show how old I am now. 
Visa used to have a commercial out, you know, ball game, $25, doing this, you know, $32, paying this, $38. Time spent with your son, priceless, right? You know, and it was uh, their whole, their whole commercial was just all about, they do all these things. This is what it costs, but at the end, it was priceless. It was worth the cost. Jesus is worth the cost. Whatever he asks me to do in my life, it will always be worth it because he is worthy of it all. Too many times I can get so caught up in all the stuff that I actually forget it's really about him. I mean, I can get so busy even doing church things that if I am not careful, I can forget the real reason I am doing it is because to bring glory to Jesus. Well, we didn't do well enough on that song. We better keep going. We better go through it again. We better do this. And I'm not saying that we don't aim for excellence because we need to. But I have to make sure that my mentality is not such a mentality that says it's all about this, all about this, all about this, all about this and making sure that everybody here had a great experience that I forget that it's all about Jesus. That at the end of the day, it's simply about Him. There was a song written in the early 90s. For some of you, that's last century. Okay. (laughs) And it was a song by a guy named Matt Redman. He was a, still is a worship pastor, but at this time he was a worship pastor at a, at a church in England. And they were, back in those days, I mean, man, their, their church was just rocking and rolling for that time. And it was, it was just doing all the things that it does. And, but it had become such a show. It had become such a performance that there was one week where he and the pastor were meeting and they were talking and and God just began to, to work on them and say, man, this, is, this has become a performance and we've completely lost sight of what it was ever supposed to be about. And this wasn't a little church. This was a big church. So for the next at least month, I don't remember how long, how many weeks it was, but it was at least four weeks. During the time that they had normally set aside for music, the church would just come and pray. And the worship team would just be up there on their knees and just pray. I imagine that that was extremely uncomfortable for a lot of people. It would be for me. If I just had to stand up, I mean, there's a reason I have my guitar. It's not because I'm a good player. It's because otherwise I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. You know what I mean? And so. And everything just began to refocus and become all about Jesus again. Where it was supposed to be to begin with. And that was where the song, The Heart of Worship, I don't know how ever many of you guys know that song, but that song, Heart of Worship, actually came out of that time. After all those weeks of being up there on the stage and doing nothing and just spending time and saying, Jesus, forgive us for making this about something else other than you. That song came out of it. And the words are, when the music fades and all is stripped away, And I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. He says, I'll bring you more than a song, 
Because a song in itself is not what you desire. You search much deeper within than the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. And then the course comes back and he says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it is all about you, Jesus. It's simply Jesus. I enjoy all the other stuff. I do. I, I, I love the stuff. It's fun. It's good. It's not even wrong. It's not sinful. The stuff is good. But if I make the stuff more important than Jesus, I've missed the entire point. Do we really understand how much he loves us? You know, there have been times in my life where I've just been overwhelmed with the love of God. I mean, and it just hit me in such a way, you're like, wow, I don't think I could ever experience anything greater or deeper or more impactful in my life than this. And then I get hit again. At a deeper level. I'm like, whoo, man, I don't think I could ever experience the depths of his love even more. And then he does again. And again. And again, Jesus is priceless. See, there were so many people in Scripture who knew about Jesus. The multitudes of people followed him. They knew about him. They knew what he did. They knew who he was. And they said, man, that's awesome from over here. And then there was another group of at least 70 who we know that Jesus sent out who knew him at a little bit more deep level than the multitude. But then beyond the 70, there was the 12 who we know from Scripture. They followed him. He taught them every day. They were with them. They did all the different things. But then even beyond the 12, there was the three. Peter, James, and John who decided no matter what, I'm going to know Jesus more. I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to do whatever I can to know him more. Because he's priceless. I believe that they were willing to spend the extra time with Jesus because something inside of them said, no matter the cost, I just want to know him more. Are you willing to give up to him what is valuable to you in order to simply know him more? Are you willing to give up something of value to you in order to know him more? And that's a hard question because, man, there are some things I'm like, you got it, no problem. But then I also look at those things and I realize a lot of those things aren't things I really value. Jesus, you asked me to give up Brussels sprouts, I will do it in your name, no problem. Right? 
And am I willing to give up ice cream? I don't know. (laughs) Am I willing to give up something of value so that I can know him more? And God's been dealing with me a lot on this this week, and I don't like it. I'm not going to lie. Because I sit here and I'm like, not that God, come on, man, please, really? Something else, right? I mean, really. But it's that area of my life where I'm not letting him be the focus. Where I'm not letting it be simply about him. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. We have this story and it says, One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt down behind him, excuse me, then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. He didn't say it out loud. Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Well, go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. But from the moment, or excuse me, from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head. But she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins... And they are many have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Other accounts of the story in the other gospels tell us that the perfume that she used was worth a year's wage. I mean, just everybody in here makes different amounts of money. Think about how much money you make in a year. And if you had something of that much value, would you be willing to give it to Jesus? If somebody gave me a lump sum of my year-long salary, whoo, that's awesome. 
I don't know that my first response would be, I need to go pour this out on Jesus' feet. (laughs) But you see, she had been forgiven. I love that Jesus says, and her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. And she was so full of gratitude, so grateful for everything he had done for her, that she was saying, it does not matter what this costs. It does not matter how valuable this is to me. I am willing to give it to him because he is worthy of it all. And he is priceless. In Luke chapter 21, verse 1 through 4, Jesus says this. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. This account right here reminds me of a story that I heard years ago. I have no idea if it was true or not. No clue. But it's a story of a guy who came to church. He was a hippie back in the 70s, and he got saved in the Jesus movement. And he's dirty and everything else, and he's a hippie, comes into church, and he's sitting down. And it's his first time in church right after he got saved. And they're passing the offering plate. And he's kind of going, what are they doing? And it started in the front, it's working their way back, and he's kind of toward the back, and he kind of leans over to somebody and he goes, What are they doing? And they said, Oh, this is the offering plate where you just take an offering and, and you just you just give something that's of worth. Whatever you have. You just, you know, give something. Okay. So it comes back to him, and he doesn't have anything in his pockets. So he sets it on the floor. And he steps into it. I said, this is all I have. He understood that there was something about Jesus and Jesus had forgiven him so much. He had lived a life that was just whatever it was and he began to understand and he said, man, this is all that I have and I want to give it to him. Because he understood that Jesus is priceless. And he understood that it is just simply about Jesus. All three of these stories, the two from scripture and that one there. They describe to us a heart attitude that we need to have. The heart posture that we need to have. Toward Jesus. You see, too many times we can make it all about rules and regulation, which leads to legalism. And then other times we can make it all about, He loves me so much I can do whatever I want. Both of those are wrong, just so you know. 
When we begin to understand how much he loves us, it should not be a license for us to continue to sin. It should be something that says, he loves me so much, I want to make sure that I'm giving everything I am, everything I have, all that I can be to the best of my ability back to him because he is worthy of it all. And I have a feeling that right now a lot of us are kind of going, oh man, oh man, I'm thinking of things. Oh shoot. The enemy's going to try to go, see, you stink here, you stink here, you stink here. Don't let the enemy's lies do that to you. If the Holy Spirit is revealing something that says, hey, this is an area of your life that you don't consider me priceless, then just say, God, forgive me, and Holy Spirit, help me walk into this so I can treat you for who you are, so I can know that you are worthy to do it all. The more we know him, the more you know him, the more you will fall in love with him. I promise you. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you will fall in love with him. And the more you fall in love with him, the more you want to spend time with him. And the more time you spend with him, the more you know his voice. And the more you know his voice, then the more you just know of his nature. And the more you know his nature, the more you can trust him in every aspect of your life. But all of those things take time. I know for me, the things that God's been speaking to me about, it's not like I'm doing bad things. But how much time am I giving to him? I waste a lot of time doing a lot of stupid things. A lot of them are fun. Some are just mind-numbing but I waste a lot of time that I could be giving back to him just so I can know him more. I want to be like Moses who talked to God face to face like a friend. In Exodus chapter 33, it tells us about this. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Man, that's, I don't know about you guys, but there are so many times that I treat God more like a vending machine than I do a friend. God, I need this, 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 and this, and this, and this. Whew, all right, I feel better. I mean, if I treated Jesse like that, if all I ever did, whenever I called him, hey, Jesse, I just want you to know, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Okay, cool, I'll talk to you tomorrow when I need another list of things. We probably wouldn't be very good friends. If anybody did that to us, we'd be like, my gosh, come on. And yet, I realize how often I do that to God. And God's going, I want to talk to you like a friend. 
I want to know you in that level that we can be friends. The last part of this is so incredible to me as well. Because it says, afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, and this is the Joshua who took over for Moses when Moses died and led the people into the promised land. said, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Other versions say he would linger in the presence. Sometimes we are, we, sometimes we are so caught up with our obligations that we're afraid to linger in his presence. Well, I've got to this, I've got to that, I've got to this, I've got to this, I've got to that. Okay, yep, 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 yep. All right, God, I gave you my three things I need. Okay, great, thank you. We'll see you next week. Instead of being like Joshua and lingering in his presence. I believe that God is calling us and wanting us to be at this point where he's saying, hey, there's some areas of your life that you need to give to me so that you can linger in my presence. These last four weeks leading up to this, or three weeks, whatever it was leading up to this, we talked about the fact that you're called. We talked about the fact that you're chosen and you get chosen by just saying yes. And last week we talked about being sent. And it's all about Jesus. The whole reason I'm called is so people can know Jesus. The whole reason I'm chosen The whole reason I said yes is so that people can know Jesus. The whole reason I'm sent is so that they can know Jesus. So I just need to simply begin to know Jesus. I need to be willing to linger in his presence. Even when it's inconvenient. That's hard. I used to not be a schedule person. As I've gotten older and have a lot more responsibilities, schedules are very important. However, I have to make sure, I just have to have the heart posture that says I'm never going to let my schedule supersede his presence. I need to be willing that when I'm done spending my quiet time, maybe I just actually ask, Holy Spirit, am I done yet? I don't hardly ever ask that. I'll read my scriptures, I'll pray for a few minutes, the kids wake up and I say, all right, I'm done. (laughs) Because it's no longer quiet time at that moment. But what if I just sat there and said, Holy Spirit, am I done yet? Is there anything else you want to speak to me? Anything else you want to show me today? I have missed opportunities of lingering in his presence because I've allowed my schedule to supersede him. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to know. I want to experience how priceless he is because if I do that, that I'm going to be able to help show other people how much he is worth.
I want to be like the Apostle John who understood the love of Jesus so much and at such a depth that even at the Last Supper, he reclined and he laid his head on the chest of Jesus because he understood how much Jesus loved him and because he wanted, in my opinion, it's not in Scripture, this is me reading between the lines, because I believe that he wanted to hear the heartbeat of God. I need to know that heartbeat of God. I'm willing to linger in his presence just a little bit longer so I can hear his heart. We are moving into a season where Jesus wants and where Jesus needs to be magnified in a greater way in each one of our lives. There is a world going to hell around us who needs to see the Christ magnified in our lives. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. I remember when I was probably 14, 15 years old. So I'm somewhere between Maddox and Wyatt and Autumn's age. Right in there. And I remember going to a, a youth camp. And it was awesome. Always a great time to see friends you'd made the year before and everything else. But I remember one of the services, something happened inside of me. There was an encounter that I had with Jesus that changed my life forever. And it wasn't just me. There were students everywhere in that room. And the presence of God was so thick that there were dozens, I'd say hundreds, but that'd be a lie. There were dozens of students just sitting there and being still and just being wrecked by the presence of God and they lingered in his presence. And it changed my life. It doesn't mean I was perfect from then on. (laughs) Ask my parents. But (laughs) I was still a teenager after all. But something changed me. Something gripped me when I was willing To linger in his presence. My challenge to us this week. Find an area of your life. Where it has not just been simply Jesus. Recognize it. Repent. God forgive me. And then be willing to give to him what he is worth. That thing of value, to me, I need to give it to him because he's worth even more. I want us to make the goal to spend more time Seeking his face today than I did yesterday. And what if that just became our daily goal? I just want to seek your face more today than I did yesterday. Now, some days that's going to be real easy because the day before we will have blown it. And that's all right. 
There's a scripture, and I cannot remember where it's at. It just came to me as you're talking, so I'm going to butcher it. But there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about how the people of God knew what God did. Talk about the children of Israel in the wilderness. But it says, but Moses knew God's face. If you know somebody's face, you know them. If I'm only seeking a hand, I have a tendency to become entitled. I'm deserving of this. God's just a God of blessing. He's going to bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Instead of actually seeking his face to get to know him more. Does this make sense this morning, guys? Don't overcomplicate it, which we all have a tendency to do. Just make it simply about Jesus. Just ask God to help you know Jesus more and then be willing to pay the price for it. It's as simple as that. It's not easy, but it is simple. Jesus, I want to know you more. And I'm willing to pay the price to know it, to do it. If that becomes our heart posture, everything will change. All those things that are worries, that are anxieties, all the different things, the what ifs and how about this and how is this going to work out and whatever else. It's amazing how those things fall away when my focus turns back to Jesus. Keep our eyes fixed on him the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen? Let's stand. We're going to pray and be dismissed. If you need prayer this morning for anything, maybe it has something to do with this message, maybe it has nothing to do with this message, but you just need prayer, by all means, please come up here and get prayer. We're going to have prayer teams up here who would love to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, man, let's fix that today because He loves you so much and He wants you to know Him as Savior. God, we just come before you today, God, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving us so much. God, thank you for just showing us that there are so many areas of our lives, God, that we don't treat you with the worth that you deserve. God, forgive us. Forgive us for for putting other things in your place in those areas of our lives. God, we repent. God, we ask for your forgiveness. And God, now we ask for just the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to just help us walk into those areas so that we can do the things you've asked us to do so that we can simply make it about Jesus. Because Jesus, you are worthy. You gave up everything. For us. So God I want to give you. All of me. In return. God I ask. Throughout this week. Holy Spirit that you would just bring conviction. To the areas of our lives. Where we need to change. We silence the voice of the enemy. That would try to lie to us in those moments. And we just ask. And we embrace this Holy Spirit conviction. So that we can change. Because, Jesus, we want it to be about you. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. God, I just declare again that you are worthy of it all. And in your name we pray. Amen.
Guys, you're dismissed. Uh, Don't forget about the cookies. There is a donation basket in the back for the cookies as well in the fellowship hall uh, if you would like to help out with that. And uh, have a great...